Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org. And don't forget to subscribe. Good afternoon. It's good to be with you. And uh, oh my word, well, I touch with our last sermon series. It was just such a phenomenal series. Um, really looked at outrageous love, and, you know, just last week we were looking at outrageous obedience. We were touched and moved by your response in your generosity, and I want to thank you for that. Thank you so much that you're giving towards church plans and missions and helping us to transform the nations. Um, we cannot do it on our own. We do it as a family. We do it together. And I want to thank you for that. Uh, this week, I came to a discovery. My wife was in Whitbank. She did a bit of family responsibility looking after her mom. And I had this week the privilege of looking after my kids. And this one morning, I walk into my 17-year-old son's room with his cup of tea to wake him up for school. And as I walk into his room, he went sat up straight on his bed, looked me straight in the eyes, and he says, Wow, Dad, you one of us. <laughs> I stand there with my I say, Sorry, Matthew, what did you just say? He says, Wow, Dad, you actually one of us. <laughs> so for the first time, my son, after 17 years, realized that I'm a human being. I'm one of them. I think he thought I was an alien all the time. So <laughs> this week was just a phenomenal time of just spending with my kids. Uh, missed my wife dearly. Um, but man, uh, just want to thank you again for just being here in person. It's so great to be with you. And, and to all of our first-time guests, man, it, thank you for making us part of your worship and, and worshiping Sunday experience. It's so great to be with you. This, this week we're starting off with a new sermon series and it's called Swimming Upstream. Now, I don't know if you have swum in the sea and got a current. Man, it's a thing to swim up uh, against the current or swimming upstream. It's hard, right? And our sermon series is swimming up against the current, swimming up the stream. Uh, and it is a, it's a series that is about honoring, uh, honor and discipleship. And we will look at... Uh, this week we're looking at honoring the word. Uh, next week we're looking at honor community that my dear wife will preach on and that we're looking forward to. And then we will look at leading, le honoring leadership. And lastly, we will focus on honoring institutions. So to today it's my honor to kick off this sermon series. And, and just before we start, can I just open up with prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you so much. For your goodness and your kindness, Father. Lord, thank you for your word. And Father, this is a worship moment for us right here. Ready to receive from you, ready to be imparted, Father. Lord, I pray that your word will cut to the bone. It will separate between bone and marrow, Father. Lord, grow us today. Lead us into deeper fellowship with you. Lead us into deeper fellowship with one another. Lord, when we walk away, uh, change and transform. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, I, I was, uh, that picture just bothers me. 
swimming upstream. It seems like the picture should have been turned. The arrow should have shown up, right? Or down. And the other one up. I mean, my, my OCD there is starting to bother me. And every time I work on the slides, it's like, man, can I, twi can I twist the slide? It's bothering me. <laughs> um, but today we're going to read from a scripture. So we're focusing on honoring the word. And uh, we're going to read from a scripture in Romans. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2. And I'm going to read that first. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to the world, but, by transformed, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, we all have read that, uh, that scripture many times, and many of us can probably quote it off the top of our minds. <laughs> But man, this scripture just touches me when I read it again. And I just, being, that word therefore bothered me. When I read that word therefore, it bothers me. Why is Paul saying therefore? I mean, it's uh, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God. What was Paul on about that he comes to the point to say is therefore? Now, the first 11 chapters of Romans Paul is laying down the doctrine of our salvation to the Romans. He's explaining in detail the, the, the doctrine of salvation and how God has planned and worked out our salvation for us. Interesting for me, when we talk about honoring the Word, what Paul does in that 11 chapters, he referred to, 13 times directly to the Old Testament. 27 including the indirect references that he's made. And Paul is laboring with the word and laying a strong foundation of a doctrine of salvation for the Romans. And then he comes and in the last five verses, he tells them that this doctrine, how we think about the gospel will transform our lives. And in the last five chapters, Paul is getting very practical. And he says how this gospel and the, the salvation of Jesus Christ has impacted our lives. And Paul is literally moving. This is like a bridge verse between moving from a doctrine and says the doctrine and our minds, how we transform by our minds, by the gospel will impact how we live. Now, this is just beautiful for me. That Paul spends so much time in, 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 in laboring in the Word. And Paul is carefully unpacking it for the Romans to understand the gospel of salvation, the, the, the doctrine of salvation. This very same Paul has taken the Word very seriously. And we see that when he, there was a strong authority to the Word of God for him. The word had authority. And therefore, he, he referred to the, the word of God. He's using the word of God very carefully by constructing the doctrine of our salvation and describing it to the Romans. Paul had a reverence for the word. He was a man who spent time in the word. 
We can see that right through this, 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 this epistle of how much he labored the word. And then he goes and he says to Timothy in, in 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, he says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter, because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Now Paul says to Timothy, he says, be careful how you administer the word. The word needs to have authority in your life, Timothy. The word is something that really will help you to live a godly life. He says, for those who do not, it will become like their message will become like kangaroo. Now, I don't know if you know much about kangaroo, but it is dead flesh. It is where the blood flow stops to flow to your flesh, to your muscles, and it starts dying and decaying. And it's a life-threatening disease that will kill you if it's not been treated. And Paul says that if we're not have an authority for the word. If the word has not got authority in our lives, we, we will be like people who would then be, uh, would indulge in, in, in godless chatter. And our message will become like kangaroo. You know, there's a... Uh, I've been very directly impacted by this. I have a very close family member who denies sometimes the authority of the word. And when I listened to his ungodly chatter, it became like kangaroo for the soul. And I get concerned when I hear that. When the word of God has not authority in our lives, and it becomes like kangaroo. And when we talk about honoring God's word, it means that it needs to have authority in our lives. It means that the word of God has authority. And we need to know that. As Paul, when he has described the doctrine of our salvation to the Romans, he, la he labored in the Old Testament that he would be able to reference 27 times to the Old Testament to say, but God's mercy and grace has bring this about. Paul made sure when he shared with the Romans that the message was according to the Bible. That this is according to God. And it is challenging that we in our day and age that the authority of the Bible is get many times challenged. That people will say, oh, but the book is not relevant anymore to us. It is outdated. And that is concerning. It's concerning that the Bible's authority sometimes is questioned. And it raises questions in our hearts. And I want to encourage you today by staying in the Word and, and to make it authoritative in our lives. It has the ability, as Paul says, to transform us. It transforms how we live. And therefore, I want to 
raise this with you today again. And I want to encourage you that in this world, we will have a lot of people who will question the authority of the Bible. But then again, if we look at our lives, it's like kangarine that chip away in their lives. Therefore, we need to be not ashamed and how correctly in how to correctly handle the word of truth. Because our teaching needs to upbuild and doesn't need to be like kangaroo. The second thing that I want to raise with you that Paul has pointed out to is his approach, the priority that he approached the Bible with. You know, I, 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 I wear a pair of glasses, and when I don't have it on, I can hardly read. But when I put it on, I can read better. And all of us walk around with a pair of glasses of how we look and read and interpret things around us. And that is many times formed through culture. It's many times formed through the way that we grew up and through hardship and trouble in our lives. And sometimes we want to take the Bible and read through those glasses. And we want to add to the gospel and say, but this does not sound relevant to me anymore. It doesn't address my situation. And there we find like Marxism and and atheism and all of those kind of ideas, ideology starting to arise. And it says that the Bible is irrelevant. But Paul, when he approached the Bible and he read through the Old Testament, he read through a biblical worldview of God wants to save the world. And he has a plan to save the world. That man is broken and God wants to use his son to sacrifice his son on our behalf so that we can be, make right with God. And when Paul takes that Old Testament scriptures and he starts to look through them, he sees the hand of God working through culture, through people, and God is working for the good for those who love Him. And therefore, we need to be careful how we approach the Bible. And that is when Paul says to Timothy, he says, handle it carefully. Handle the Bible carefully. Because the Bible is inspired through the Holy Spirit. It's breathed by God. And as soon as we start to question that, it starts to affect our hearts and it starts to affect how we start living. Because then we can decide what, what matters to us and what not. Then it can be, oh, no, 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 I don't need to be baptized. That's not important to me. <laughs> when the Bible says, go to your neighbor and make right when you've got something against him, oh, no, that's not for me. Once I was preaching in a congregation, and I, I was preaching on the power of the word, and I took a, I, I, I wanted to do it today, but I really don't want to offend you, so I, I refuse doing this. I took an old... Um, uh, journal, and it looked just like the Bible, John. 
Man, that book looked like just the Bible. So I took it, and, and I had some scriptures that I dotted down in it. And I says, oh, forgive my brother. And I says, no, that's not meant for me. And I tore out the page, and I threw it away. And I hear just a whoo through the congregation. I thought, ooh, that was a bit tough maybe. And I thought, no, let me go on with this. And I says, go and make disciples. No, that's not for me. Tear it out and throw it away. And it's just like quietness started to raise in that congregation. <laughs> Everyone's eyes is getting big. They thought to themselves, how can you tear out pages in the Bible? I says, well, if we don't want to do it, it's just as good as we can tear it out. What does it mean to me then? And everyone is just like, wow. But then I revealed to them, I said, no, this is just a journal. And it was a relief. <laughs> you know, when Paul approaches the Bible, he had a worldview of Christ. And that Christ is the answer to humanity's suffering and brokenness. And Paul looked at this Bible and he looked at it and he says, man, the goodness of God revealed through every page of the Bible. And therefore, we need to approach the Bible through a godly, through a Christ-centered worldview. Colossians 2 verse 8 says, See to that that no one takes you captive through a hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. When Paul wrote this, he says, Christ is revealed in the pages of the Bible to us. And therefore, I don't know if you heard this, but I heard this many times that it's been said that the Bible is a love letter of God to us. I love how Charles Persian says it. He says, if you... If you wish to know God, you must know His Word. <laughs> if you wish to perceive His power, you must see how He works in His Word. If you wish to know His purpose before it comes to pass, you can only discover it in the Word. This is for God to grow us into relationship with Him. And God's Word impact our lives and transform us in our walk with Christ. Now that verse that Paul has been using there again was just so beautiful. Be transformed. Be transformed. And the word transform literally means that we are changing into something better. If you watch the Transformers this car who changed in this massive robot, that always amazed me. My sons is like crazy about that movie. It's like, Dad, when are we watching the Transformers again? I said, we've watched it so many times. <laughs> Conformity. When I use that again, it says, do not be conformed. Conformed means, what does conformed means? What does transform means? When Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds. Why did Paul find it important to spend 11 chapters deliberating the word, working on a doctrine of salvation? Because you know the mind will affect how we will act. 
And he says, transform your minds. To be reformed is to make an improvement, especially by changing a person's behavior or the structure of something. Reform. There's also conform that we will be familiar with. To behave according to the usual standards of behavior that are expected by a group or society. When we're talking about swimming upstream, we're going against conformity. God's word is up against conformity. It is us getting up against the current of how people think, of how the world and society thinks. And Paul says, be transformed, and that's it, to change completely the appearance or character of something or someone, especially so that things or persons is improved. God want to improve us. When He, His Word transforms our minds, it renews us and it transforms us to change completely the appearance and the character. We're not just changing our behavior. We're not just reformed. We're not just conformed to something else. But we are changed completely. The Bible gives us three ways or three um, agents of changing and to be transformed by God. It is to accept the truth. It is accepting the word of God as true. To know it's true. It is when I am out of line to repent and make right. And says, God, I am in the wrong direction. For transformation to come to our lives, we need to walk in faith. And I want to encourage you today. Do not get weary. Do not get tired. Jesus says, in this world you will have many troubles. But out of all of them, I have delivered you. If we go against the grain, sometimes in our workplaces, sometimes in our families, sometimes wherever we feel like we're going against the grain, and it makes tired. And sometimes the tension is there to reform. Sometimes the tension is there to conform. But God says, do not grow weary. Because if you stay in the truth, if you embrace hearing and, and, and embrace and love the truth, and you're quick to repent of your wrongdoings, and you walk in faith, I will transform you to become better. John 1, verse 1 to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was nothing, was not, sorry, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Friends, many times when we find 
The authority of the Bible is being questioned. Many times when it feels like the Bible is not relevant to society, many times when we, we go upstream, it is not because of a pages where something is written on. It's not the book that is called the Bible, but it is who has been referred to in the Bible. The authority has been challenged of Jesus himself. Because this is man's illness. This is man's brokenness from the beginning. Man's first action was to rebel against God. Was to step into disobedience. And therefore God's word will absolutely feel like it's going in every grain of my existence. It will challenge me in every way possible. And when I rebel against that word, it's not a rebellion against a few written words on a page or in a book, but it is because I rebel against God Himself. Friends, in this world, we will have many troubles. Many people will challenge the authority of the Bible. Many will challenge it if it's relevant to our culture and to our time. But notice, the rebellion is not against the Bible itself, but it's against who the Bible is telling us about. Because God, man's heart is set against God. And he rebels against God. Therefore, even my own characters, many times when I read the Bible, it feels like it cuts in against who I am. It feels like a two-edged sword that cuts through bone and marrow. But the only way that the Word, to honor the Word, is when the word challenges me to change is that I accept it is the truth, that I repent of my wrongdoing, and that I start walking in faith. And therefore the word is like a two-edged sword that will cut to bone and marrow. But it is so that God can transform us you know, man's first action of sin was disobedience, right? God says, do not eat of the tree. And what does man go and do? He's going to eat of the tree. It's like there's a store in the, in the shopping mall, and God says, you can have everything in this store. You can enjoy yourself, but that store with the yellow candy, don't go and eat there. And you go to the yellow store and eat candy. And that's what man did. And therefore, our nature, our sinful nature is that we rebel against God. And the Word will challenge that. It will challenge that. And it is for us to be humility in our hearts and say, Jesus, I know where I'm wrong. I accept my fault. The beautiful thing is, we have water baptism coming up one, two, two Sundays from now. The first action of a Christian 
is that the Bible applores us to get baptized. Now, all the baptism doesn't always make sense to the mind, right? But it's that act of obedience where it says, God, I go against my grain of disobedience and I raise up in a life of obedience towards you. And my first act is to obey you in what you say. Friends, I just want to say again, rebellion against the Bible is not against pages with a few words on it or to a cover, but this is who the Bibles talk about and who God revealed to us through the Bible. And therefore, if we challenge the authority and the lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives, we, we challenge the Bible. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. He is the Savior. He is the one and only. He has the authority. He has the supremacy. He, oh, he is sovereign. And therefore, when we talk about the Bible, it's the most beautiful book of revealing God's heart and intention for man. And man, when God transformed me, when God starts working through that book and it starts transforming me, it became the most beautiful book that I've ever read. I mean, every time I read it and I open it up, this morning I was reading Psalms 90. And I read through, and Moses has this prayer to God. And he ends this prayer and he says, Lord, establish the work of our hands. Do you know God wants to establish the work of your hands? God wants us to know Him. God wants us to live in relationship with Him. And man, he used the Bible to help us to do that. And I want to encourage you, do not put the book aside. Don't let it aside. Spend time with it. Because the more you read it and the more you're going to obey it, the more it's going to bring life and transformation to your soul. There's something about obedience and the reading of the Bible that just inspires God. Yesterday we were talking in our connect groups about obedience, radical obedience. And I asked the question, I says, why is obedience so important to God? Why is obedience so important to God? And I used this example, I said, well, in my household, if I ask my son to do something and he doesn't, people look outside and say, okay, well, is he really the son of that dad? <laughs> Because he doesn't respond to his authority. But when, my, when people look at my family and they see my sons respond to what I'm asking them, they say, oh, he's a son. He's a son of that man. It's orphans that doesn't respond. And therefore, sonship is shown through obedience. Our faith is shown through the action of obedience. And therefore, I want to encourage you. The Bible says, it says, A man who builds his house 
on the sand is a man who hears the word but does not do it. He says, and when, not if, when the storms come. And the wind and the storm blows against that house, it collapses. But the man who hears the word and who does it is like a man who builds on a rock. And when, not if, when the storms is coming and the wind blows against that house, it stands firm. I want to encourage you with this. Stay in the word because it has authority. Stay in the word. Read through it and find God's heart for you. Act on the word and you will be transformed. And everything that you will encounter in this world is going to go against the grain. And it's going to feel like you going upstream. But persevere. Because the transformation in your life is beautiful. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we come right now and we say, Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful, God, that you have engaged and interact with humankind from the beginning. And that you have never left us up to ourselves. But Lord, that you have intervened. Father, you always take the initiative. And your word was an initiative for us to know how you feel about us. That we may know your heart for us. That we may know you. That we may learn how you work, Father, and how you want to care for us. And I pray, Father, that you will use your word as we go about this week and reading our Bibles and spending time in our word. Lord, bring transformation to our souls. Encourage us, Lord, in a world that sometimes that we feel like we're going up a stream. Encourage us through your word. Build us that we may walk and that we work with your scripture correctly and carefully, Father. May our teachings be inspiring and life-changing. Because we know your word. We know you. Father, bless and keep us in this week. Lead us in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.